0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com.
1: Welcome to Maximize Your Hunt, the podcast dedicated to those who want the most out of their hunting property. This podcast explores land management, habitat improvement, and hunting strategies that will help you maximize your time in the field. Follow along as industry professionals that live and breathe whitetail deer share their secrets to success. And now, the founder of Whitetail Landscapes, your host, John Teeter.
0: Hi, I'm John Tito, White to Landscapes. This is Maximize Your Hunt. Welcome back, everybody. I am going to get right into the topic today. I'm busy, so uh, we're going to get going here. I've got Rocky Burris back from SA Farm Management. We're going to talk box blinds today, topic that we haven't talked about in too much detail, but Rocky and I are going to get into some of the details. I'm going to actually have a part two on this as well. I'm going to talk to another person I'm going to bring on the podcast, but for now, we're just we're going to get into some of the details of Rocky. Hey, Rocky, how are you?
1: Good, man. How are you doing?
0: Great. You sent me a plethora of pictures yesterday and you really fired me up for deer season so I, I appreciate you uh, sending me all those good bucks you got in camera.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm good for, I guess, getting everybody fired up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, your season's not far away, right? I mean, is winter velvet season?
1: Uh, we got 10 days. Uh, we it's not this uh, I guess, yeah, next weekend, so okay, it's so- about to get on us. Yeah, so you're
0: close to Velvet Season, so uh, that that amped me up pretty good. So I, I'm excited for you, and uh, looking forward to see what what happens uh, this season with you. So yeah. let's get into the topic box blinds, and I want to start this off with, you know, everybody has their opinion on box blinds. You know, what product is better than another product, et cetera. And I'm not really going to go there. I'm just going to, you know, talk about my experience, and Rocky will talk about his experience. I think box blinds have their a purpose on the landscape, uh, particularly in field settings. They tend to be, you know, a better option than tripods or, you know, other options that, that people kind of self-create. I like my own box blind systems that I have, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But Rocky, you build box blinds and, you know, I think it's important to discuss kind of how you build them and you build them for your specific area. You have a lot of heat. And I think it's important to people, you know, think about that, uh, on the landscape. So why don't we talk a little bit about the box blinds you build yourself?
1: Yeah, well, um, I guess I, we've, we've built blinds a couple different ways in the, in the years. So, uh, now we're offering basically metal exterior blinds that are wrapped with, um, insulation, just like you would, a a shop in this area a pole barn um a, a lot of people build shops and pole barns and you know they they heat and cool them and everything just like just like a, a house and it's a big thing right now so what we've what we've kind of created is this this uh box line that's got Lexan windows and gaskets on it, just like you would on a house or a door, you know, your door gaskets and stuff, and um, and wrapped all of it in metal and didn't stop the joints in the corners. We actually crimped the metal in the in the corners so that it's a continuous uh, lapping effect, and, and it just really uh, creates an airtight uh, design and, you know, that's pretty much the reason I believe the most in box blinds is because, you know, the, the the ability to to contain your scent um, and trying to nothing's a hundred percent, but I mean, you can really, really, uh, you can. If there's any time in the in the world that you can fool a deer's nose, it's it's when you ha- you have all the windows shut and they're all airtight and you got to you got that blind closed up and there's a good chance you can get away with something when you have that set up versus in my opinion, then if you're just sitting in a, you know, a box stand or uh, that has no windows and, and, you know, something like that where, you know, you're still having to pay attention to the wind a whole lot. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a, a big reason I, I'm believing you know, in box stands, and it's just kinds of, you know, the protection, the 360 degree view, the the sound dampening effect of it, the, uh, I mean, you're less visible, the, you know, it conceals your movement, makes your scent control contained, you know, that's the biggest thing for me, and then Uh, you can be very comfortable (laughs) that's a huge thing Uh, you can sit in an office chair and watch all your deer Uh, it's great for your kids i mean if you got kids you got to have a way for them to get out and and enjoy the outdoors with you and the boxes is where i always run to with them because they want to play and they want to eat snacks and you know and i still don't want to educate the deer so we just we go to the box stands and and have a ball and we can whisper and talk and you know, all your sounds pretty much contained inside there. So, uh, it's a lot safer too. you know, you can get your kids up in those boxes and sit in chairs and, you know, just the stairway effect is only, only, you know, bit of chance for them to get hurt. I mean, once they're in there, it's just like a house. So
0: yeah, uh,
1: that's, that's why I, I like it.
0: Yeah. And everything, I echo everything you said, and I agree with you hundred percent. The one thing I want to get into your box blind is really two, twofold. One, nothing's really true, truly airtight, right? We can we can make that. That's a fact. But you need to have airflow in, in the box blind. Otherwise, you get condensation, buildup, et cetera. You know, you don't want to walk into kind of a, a, a very moist area. The other thing I, I wanted to talk about within your box blinds is you insulate them as well. And, you know, what is the benefit of insulating a blind in, in your scenario? And do you think that helps you out during the, the cooler periods when you're trying to, you know, I, I know that you've put uh, air conditioners in box blinds. So, you know, I, I want to just kind of discuss that in a little little bit of detail from your experience.
1: Well, I mean, the the air conditioner in the box blind, we've done that uh, just on a couple little occasions. And, and it's it's for that velvet hunt that's in 10 days. I mean, that's a that's an extreme conditions hunt. And it's very few people that want the air condition. Uh, most of us just go sit in the sweat box and... <laughs> Punt it out uh and lose some weight while we're doing it but i i I really think the insulation part is you know of course it helps when you have these metal blinds i mean i have built treated plywood blinds and t111 and different things that you would build like shops that are wood exteriors uh i've been a contractor for 24 years uh log home and timber frame specialist so i mean i the construction side of the world i've i've studied it and know it pretty well um and i know a lot of these blind, these uh barns and sh- and shops and stuff when we were when we're not wrapping them in metal we're we're using like t111 and stuff like that this is a little bit cheaper plywood but uh you can you can really paint it we paint those exteriors with like a uh they make a rubberized deck paint and i'll use that on the exterior of them just to get the longevity of it i mean just the treated wood in itself would probably last you 15 20 years but with that on it too it, it really you know it really boosts your longevity of the blind and and the strength of it is with plywood's pretty strong so they're just heavy you know and we we doing the metal now. Uh, I feel like every little, if you bumped a wall or you did anything like that, it, it would be just a little too much noise. So we were wrapping them in insulation more for the sound dampening effect. And uh, if you were to drop something against the wall or something like that, it wouldn't make a big metal noise. And, uh, of course, it's going to help, you know, if you were to run a heater and stuff inside. I mean, it's going to help contain that heat. Um, and it, and it helps, you know, those things are really waterproof. The wrapping, uh, is, is a moisture barrier. So, I mean, that, that in itself really helps contain your scent also. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't realize those propane heaters put out so much moisture. Uh, a lot of that's your fogging up and stuff, you know, you know, if you went to like a wood stove or something like that in these blinds, you would you know, you, you would almost eliminate your scent through that because it would be drawing your scent through the the burn. But at the same time, you won't have any fog issues and stuff like people that hunt those extreme cold areas. They, you know, they even put wood burner blind in their blinds and stuff. So
0: yeah, it's yeah. Just,
1: just something to think about.
0: So insulation-wise, what do you typically use? And you said you, you wrap it. So what, what exactly does that look like?
1: So I mean, if you if you're accustomed to a pole barn, uh, and when I say pole barn, it's like a you put four by fours in the ground and you frame it up with two by sixes, and put girts on it, and then you wrap it in metal. and And most of those are insulated. They have a, a a wrapping that they put on the framing of the of a barn or a shop before they put the metal on, and that's a moisture barrier because your metal always sweats and no matter, you know, your temperatures fluctuate, and your metal is going to sweat, so it keeps all the dripping. There's no water dripping on your head. There's no water on your walls and stuff. It's all separated with that uh, insulation. I see a lot of people that don't necessarily do the insulation, and, it, you know, when you turn the heat on or anything inside the blind, and it's cold outside, you're going to, Get stuff dripping on your clo- on your clothes and on you and on your equipment. So uh, we just wrap it for for the purpose of it containing our scent a little bit, containing the heat a little bit, and then also keeping the moisture out.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I I've seen a couple of different things. I've seen people where they've taken metal enclosures built similar what you're talking about. Um, actually, done open cell spray foam directly to metal. That's one way to do it. I don't think that's the best idea. Um, I've seen them put, you know, material in between, you know, the metal and the, and, and the framing, like a a wood barrier, a a membrane, essentially, um, in various options, you could use texture 111, whatever the case may be, and then apply, you know, some foam. Uh, I've seen just different things. Um, now I've gone an opposite route and I think it's for convenience of time. And one thing I want to hit on earlier that you talked about was I call it Cadillac hunting. My whole career, you know, up until five years ago, I, I wouldn't touch a box blind. And, you know, you get into these situations where you have these field settings and you're trying to create concealment. In your case, my case, we have kids. We want to introduce them in the outdoors and we want to do it in kind of fun way. And space is something that, you know, we, we're conscious of. I can't have a, a five by four blind. It's got to be a six by six blind, you know, size wise, just, just for space, et cetera. But the one thing that I get into, and uh, I found you know advantaging to me is getting into these kind of plastic or polyethylene type blinds, and I've really kind of enjoyed you know the the first blind I bought was five years ago, and I was doing this with my clients. I was I was getting in blinds, distributing them. Um, I, I'm I'm only doing that now through through another group, and you know I have somebody who does the installs for me. But but what I found was these polyethylene blinds to me you know, were something that I could buy. I, I didn't have to screw around with, you know, building. It was a time thing. And, you know, I found them to be pretty, I want to say rugged. And the reason I say that is, you know, I didn't have, you know, I guess I, guess I didn't have a lot of money five years ago. And I don't know if I have that much money now, but, you know, I was, I w- everything I was doing was kind of on a budget and I would have to take my blind. I remember, you know, I didn't didn't even have a, a nice vehicle to drive. And I would, I rolled the blind I had it in a trailer and I pulled it around with a car, right? This is how I got to my spots. And I rolled the blind up to my hunting spot You I just rolled it, you know, it was a circle and I just, just rolled it. That was a Banks blind. I think it was a stump four. And, you know, I, I levered it up and it got it up in the air and, I you know, screwed around with it and, and got it set up and it had the four by four mounting legs and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, in that process and enjoying that blind, I really was like, wow, this is like the cat's meow. I've been, you know, struggling for years and years being out in the cold and it's, you know, we get over hundred inches of snow here. It's constantly wet and rainy, a lot of moisture in there all the time. Just, it makes the hunting hard and it, it makes in a scenario like a big field setting, it allows you to hunt a field a lot easier. And, you know, you're building your structure around this blind, you're screening, you know, you're, your fencing options, where you're limiting movement, it's all kind of structured around this, this this blind scenario, and you know that's your that's your infrastructure, your base. But having that polyethylene blind was a game changer for me. Uh, that was a bank's blind stump four, and you know I've got some some uh, some tales of things that I don't like about that blind either. But you know that was my introduction to blinds. I had not hunted them for years and years. I hunted out some you know old you know dilapidated boxes that somebody you know put up in a a tree. I found it out of crates. I mean, the whole nine, but, but having one of those, it was, it was a game changer for me. I know that, you know, some people will say, well, metal's going to have, you know, longevity. I can't disagree with you. It's going to. And to Rocky's point earlier, you know, you can do stuff to wood, you know, his example, rubberizing it, where you're going to get that longevity out of it. Some of the smart wood, you know, it's warrantied for 30 years. So, you know, there's some product that's going to last some period of time can I say a fiberglass blind is going to outlast one of those? Possibly. How about a polyethylene? Possibly. But the one thing I, I want to bring back to is that blind, that bank's blind, and I'm not promoting banks because I haven't got a Grizzly and a Titan also on my property. And But the fact is I've dropped those. I've had them roll down hills. I've smashed them. I've run into them with tractors. I've abused these products, you know, learning how to install and set up, right, just, being, just telling you being vulnerable. And I've really, you know they've survived pretty much everything in that I've can thrown at them. And it just kind of says kind of a lot about that design and shape and, you know, they're lightweight, et cetera, and they're easy to set up. And I want to go back to your blinds real quick. Cause one thing I have noticed on your blinds, I've paid attention to a lot of your stuff is you have them set up where they have four by fours already, elevating the blinds so you can get set of forks underneath them and then you also i think you sell them with brackets as well so you can elevate them even higher you know just a few feet off the ground versus you know eight or nine feet off the ground whatever the case may be can you kind of explain your setups and things that you're doing on your blinds
1: yeah i mean I, i i like all the all the blinds i mean they all have a place like you were talking i mean i i'm I've had manufactured blinds that I sold last year that were sportsman blinds and and what I run to run into out in our area in our is it's basically uh, people are price shopping you know and and when you got when you get a blind that's like ours that's you know I can sell one of the painted ones for seventeen hundred dollars and I can sell one of the other ones for 2000. Well, when you got people having to go and get a redneck and it's going to cost them three grand. And then they realize there's another two grand for the platform if you want to raise it. Yeah. And then it's, a, so then they're like, Whoa, that's a lot. So way I look at it is I, I tried to basically manufacture a blind that is, is affordable and longevity. Like it should last you for years and years and years. I try to make it as cheap as I can, but it's functional. Like, I don't want to be cheap and junk. I would rather be cheap and, uh, and the perfect amount of space. I mean, we play with every you know every size, and, and I'm with you. I think the 6x6 six six is a great size because it's not so you can hunt it by yourself and see everything, but then you could also have – you, your wife, and two kids in there if you wanted to. So uh, it's not too big and it's not too small. But, you know, my blinds, as far as elevating them and stuff, you know, we, we do have the elevator brackets in the corners, and and that's just a way that, you know, the average man that doesn't have a lot of building construction knowledge, I mean, all you have to do is slide four, fours in, that, in those holes, run the lag in it, and X brace it, and you're ready so uh it's just a quick way and i kind of went to that uh that set up after selling the sportsman blinds because they come equipped with like a metal frame and and those in the corners and uh, they sell like hot cakes in our area i mean they sell they sell for about the same price as what i'm selling mine for uh i just feel like they're they're a little bit less durable i mean they're plastic drums. They sweat. They they. If you bump the wall, it sounds like you you're banging a drum. And uh, there's no added insulation. They're just all plastic forms. And you know, it's just we had a couple. We had some straight line winds and tornadoes come buzzing through and knock out a bunch of clients' boxes and stuff. Some Amish builds and some. And some uh, sportsman blinds and stuff like that, and they, you know, almost everybody's blind was irreplaceable. I mean, they, I told them they couldn't afford me to do it. You might as well just buy one of my blinds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I mean, they were just the they were the Amish blinds were made out of one by material, and when they hit the ground, it just torqued the whole blind to the point where it looked like a leaning tower I mean the windows were all diamond shaped almost I mean it was just horrible so you would have had to tear that blind completely down pull all the nails and rebuild it I mean there's no way that somebody's going to pay me to do that I mean that's something they could do maybe but there's no way I would do it I'd just sell you a blind but you know with the sportsman blind we had one fall on our place and you know, it was anchored and everything properly, and it fell and it shattered all uh, almost all the windows because they're just plexiglass. They're not like lexan, like what we're using. It's a lot thicker, and ours has a frame. Uh, these these are just a, just a wind like a little sheet of plexiglass. So when it hit the ground, they shattered, and then the form in itself busted on the roof and on the wall. So I mean, I'm not. I don't have a way to reform rubber or plastic, you know? So, I mean, there's no way I can really repair that thing in a without it just looking horrible. So, uh, you know, where if it was construction build line or something like that, that was built with 2 befores 4s and four-by-four corners like ours, I mean, if it falls, you're going to maybe replace a couple sheets of metal if you, if you don't want to see it dented, and then it's going to be back working yeah so it's just so it's just the durability you know and and freaks of nature stuff because i mean we do run into it a lot they're a lot cheaper uh you can add things to the interior of them pretty easy because it's all wood so you can screw stuff to it little holders and cup holders add shelves to it uh lights and you know what i mean and where if it's just a manufactured blind it's going to be pretty intense you got to figure out how to glue stuff to walls or whatever or you're gonna have screws sticking out of your blind you know uh then you got you know just normal tools to install all that stuff and walls don't really uh you know the metal walls i just don't feel like they can they're not going to deteriorate and get brittle like a fiberglass blind you know in, in 15 20 years that metal you know that fiberglass is going to fade real bad and get brittle and yeah you know if the limb falls on it it's going to shatter it and then how do you fix fiberglass i mean nobody's we're not all that kind of person sitting around so the floors are a little quieter you know being plywood floors and stuff versus you know the fiberglass floors that are kind of some of them even make noise when you're walking in and out of them and stuff so i just you know there's there's good and bad of all these blinds you know just you have to kind of evaluate what you're after and it's kind of like a trail camera I'm I'm always trying to find the best cheap camera (laughs) so and because I can put more fingerprints out there and figure out where my deer are in the same way with farms like if you have 10 blinds that you would love to have on the property but you can't afford but two of the real nice blinds well, what if you found a blind that you could get all ten for that same money? That's where that's where I'm at. If it's still the same function, and it's a little cheaper, but it's not manufactured and got a a, a brand stamped on it, then that's where I try to build that for people that are like me. So,
0: yeah, and I think I think a lot of good information there. I'm going to go back to the polyethylene blinds, and I'll talk about the fiberglass blinds. I've stayed away from redneck. And that's not a knock on redneck or anything. Um, But I've always been concerned, you know, being familiar with fiberglass, fiberglass boats, knowing how that resin degrades over time. But polyethylene, you know, the same kind of thing. It's got resins in it that are stabilizers, essentially. And if you read, like, Titan blinds, and I've got one of those now on my property, you know, Banks blinds, some of these other blind manufacturers, you know, they talk about, you know, UV stabilize and all those are resins that they impregnate into the uh, thermoplastics and essentially creates bonding. And that bonding eventually breaks down. It's only going to last for such a period of time. Now, I'm not going to mention it on this podcast, but there are, you know, roll-on type material that you can add to these plastics that adhere to it. Um, They got to be on friction surfaces. So they can't be completely smooth. And that will like a good idea is to put it on your roofs. Like if you have a bank spline or you know, like the example, the, the Titan blinds or a grizzly blind or something, something along those lines. You can put that you know, material on top, roll it on top. Um, and if you're interested in what that material is, you can contact me because I don't, don't want to say it on the podcast. I don't want to promote some companies that, that uh, you know, I, I think that, that don't participate in this market. Regardless is there's options to protect your blind. It's also filling in holes. Now, there's other things I want to talk about, and I think this is really important. So over the years in the blinds, my experience is I've had water intrusion in every single blind. That's Grizzly Banks and uh well Titan's a new one. But I just recently had a little bit of leakage and a lot of it's just the tightness of the you know, the window. You know, whether it's a polycarbonate window or a lexicon window, whatever the window is, that and the dash gaskets the the gaskets absolutely degrade over time. So you will be replacing those at some point or other. So you have to look at the replaceability factor. The other thing is the tightness between, you know, the windowsill and also look at the way the sills kind of roll. These aren't like traditional windows, you know, where there's, you know, a typical sill that's got a degrading slope, right? The The water hits it. A lot of times they sit in a pocket. So if you want to do a test on a blind, And if people really, you know, think this would be, well, we've talked about doing this uh, years and years ago for a honey magazine, I was contacted by a box blind company to do some testing and we had come up with all these, you know, basically water intrusion tests. And it was kind of a neat concept where basically you're soaking a blind and finding it's, you know, it's weak, weak areas. But what you'll find over time is these blinds all have weak areas. Uh, They all have gasket issues. They eventually will degrade in some capacity I don't have experience with the 360 blinds or there's another company called NextGen out of Pennsylvania. I got a client who's a distributor of them and I don't know how well they hold up to weather, uh, et cetera, but you know, they're basically a paneled blind. I've not been a fan of panel blinds. I love the 360 views, but when it comes to like one solid unit, I'm, I'm more preferential to the one solid unit, assuming you're doing some maintenance, like I talked about earlier, but I think to each their own in these topics, I just recognize it. No, nothing is going to last permanently. You know, if you get 15 years and you do the ROI in 15 years, you pay $3,000, is that worth it to you? I think those are the questions that you need to ask yourself. I would not put, put these blinds at lasting over 25 years in any capacity. They, they just won't last based on, on the weather, you know, depending if you're in extreme heat. I mean, just recognize this, steel degrades, you know, steel, metal degrades with UV right? I mean, if you think metal isn't going to, you know, metal degrades, imagine how plastic degrades over time. It does. Think about your, you know, your local uh, uh, playgrounds. A lot of them are plastic materials that degrade over time. You know, just something to kind of put out there, and and maybe they're not even the thickness of the particular box blinds that we're talking about as well. So, I don't know, Rocky, you kind of want to add to the conversation, just from my experience, but the water intrusion test is, you know, go up, maybe a dealer will let you do this, take a you know a, a, a water hose and just start shooting the blind at, at, you know with a water hose and see if there's any water intrusion that that to me would be a great test that should be a blind that's brand new it's getting a, a high level of water you know you're you're kind of I, don't know, I guess replicating a storm and it's hitting it at and maybe extreme angle you know right on the face of the the box blind and shoot in the window see if water goes in the blind I mean that to me is problematic long term so you know, those things are things that are important. And the other thing Rocky mentioned earlier is just noise. You know, I've got blinds where, you know, the uh, armature of, of the uh, the door handle makes a bunch of noise. And, you know, I, I don't want a big amount of noise when I open a blind or close a blind, even just shutting the door, you know, and having... Well, those
1: those gaskets too. Yeah. I mean, the gaskets are horrible when it gets to uh, sitting there for however long you haven't hunted. And then when you go to try to open the window, the window is stuck to that gasket, especially during frozen time, you know what I mean? Like you got to pop them off that gasket. So that's why I went with attaching the gasket to the actual window. So literally when you pull the window tight, it, you know, the gasket comes off the wood. So, I mean, that's Hmm. a pretty, that's a pretty good way to get away from that. But I mean, but those are huge things that I knew, like the rednecks, or they're the same thing. Like, and where can you buy that gasket? You got to go to their company and buy like this expensive gasket right. to replace it, right? You know, and wrote where you could go to Lowe's and buy the cheapest one that you know you want to put on it if you had to replace one that we do. So, I mean, it's just, I guess it's you know, like you were saying, it's totally. Uh, there's all kinds of little things to think about, and maybe that's a good reason for doing such a podcast because. I mean, a lot of those things you may not think about. You may just look at it. A lot of people, uh, window shop those ones, you know? I mean, yeah. oh, I like the way that one looks good. That one looks nice. And then that's the one they buy because it looks good. And then I have people that, you know, well, can, uh, well, I don't know about the painted one. It just doesn't look as good as the camo print. So they'll pay extra $200 more just to have the camo print because of the camo. It looks good to them, even though the deer don't care. <laughs> There's no way you're going to hide a six by six box stand. I tell you, <laughs> there is no way. So, I mean, the deer are going to know if, if they know you walk in their bed area. What in the world do you think they're going to think when the six by six box shows up? They're not, they're going to know it's there. It takes them a minute. They finally realize it's not, you know, it's stationary, it's not a threat, and then they go on with their life. But, I mean, it's just it's just comical sometimes to hear all the different things that I, I get told when about the blinds. You know that that color I don't know that's just not the right color. I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, most of most of my blinds now are kind of a tan brown. That's kind of the color I'm going for, and I actually do a little sky white in there. So those are kind of the yeah. color combinations that I go for that seem to replicate kind of that that environment that I'm, I'm creating with some shapes and you know it doesn't have to be perfect and and you know i'm spray painting that on and you know I, one of the other things that i really like is when you're setting up the blinds when you have these kind of adjustable bases like you talked about the four by fours putting in the post is you know you get to adjust the height of those and so you could match you know the window height with the related vegetation so like if you have miscanthus grass right you open up the window and it's just just on the tippy you know the you know, just 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 as the bottom of that window kind of reaches out, so it kind of conceals the blind. The other thing I tell you, I did, and I, I'm upset that I did this years ago, is they've got that two-way, you know, glass um, or, or plastic coating that they put. It's basically stickering, so you can you can see out, but they can't see in. Now that's not completely yeah. true, but when you have like foggy days or dark days, I mean, those really kill you. I'd rather done you know half of the window, you know, the lower half you know potentially and I've got those elongated you know long windows which are for bow hunting and and by the way you know those are painful a lot of times because you don't have the the visual I mean that the other thing that and I'll get back to that 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 little see-through thing in a second the other thing is like think of your gaps between the windows like if you have major gaps between your windows and you're bow hunting and you're trying to get a good visual that's why those 360 blinds are just tremendous in that sense is you're not there's no gaps i mean the gaps are so limited i mean you're really getting 360 visual where some of these you know thin which are hard to shoot out of by the way particularly with a bow you know elongated windows you know they're they're really difficult to kind of pinpoint deer deer movement from window to window and um, you know just something where you have to sit back farther than the blind just to observe movement that's that's not something you want to get into so i think pay attention to that window configuration And I would say that is just as important as anything else. It's just, you know, the visual. And I think a lot of people have a hard time transitioning from a hang-on stand or, you know, a a, a ladder stand to one of these box lines just because of the visual change.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just, it is a different view. you got blind spots and stuff where normally you wouldn't. Um, But it also, I mean, it's just the comfort. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard for me to get back out in a, a lock on. I mean, I will. I'll hunt them in Nebraska when we go up there. I mean, we'll we'll hunt lock ons. We'll hunt blinds and tents and whatever. And uh, I know you can, like you said, you can use your food plot planning techniques and different uh, screening and and all that to help conceal uh, your blind, especially when you got you know new deer during the rut and stuff that they're so focused on the does i don't know you can probably get away with anything but yeah. the it's just it's just a it's a preference man it really is I, I see a lot of people that don't like the different colors and then they, they do like things that other people can't stand and then people want the big windows and then people say well i don't want that's too much sunlight you know i don't i don't want i want little windows and i'm just like so i mean i hear it all trying to build them you know You get, you get everybody, uh, and, and 95% of our season out here is with a rifle. So, you know, most of these are all being built to rifle hunt out of and, or crossbow hunt, you know, but it's just, it's just, you know, different strokes for different folks is what we, what I always say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think that whole configuration window size, I mean, that is contingent on the time, you know, if, if, you know, our bow season's you know, initially our bow seasons are relatively long. Some some people have even longer bow seasons than we do. And then we have gun season, but, you know, I'm trying to capitalize in bow season. So I'm gonna pick a box blind that's more preferential to that versus, you know, something that's gun oriented. Now I could have a gun stand and that's gonna have a slightly different window configuration potentially and setups different. One thing that drives me nuts about those grizzly blinds, although I love them, they're they're super rigid. They weigh a little bit more. I do like the fact with those blinds that you can put it is set up to for my forks, so I can pull my forks right in, and it's easy to elevate and level, et cetera. But that blind has to be completely level, or the door won't shut correctly. But anyhow, the window configuration on the entrance side is those perfect bow shooting windows, and I'm like, why didn't they just rotate that around to the other side? I've got a horizontal window and and two, you know, vertical windows where I want really like three vertical windows. And so anyhow, and the you know the the width is something to pay attention you know the wider usually the better in those scenarios again it's just these little things that i notice i just haven't found a box blind to me that i feel like meets all my demands because again i'm i'm not big on the smart side i'm not opposed to it i just you know i feel like from a permeability standpoint just my experience with literally rolling a blind down the hill i've been you know and and i want light i want light and portable Your other thing you brought up earlier, I just want to mention this, is you talked about a blind getting blown over and anchoring systems. I'm interested to hear what you do to anchor your blinds, because I think that's an important topic, especially with all the extreme weather we've had recently.
1: So we basically make sure that our, if our footprint up top is six foot, I want my footprint on the ground to be eight foot, Uh, so everything's flared out a foot every direction, Uh, so it becomes more like a i guess a pyramid type design you know where you got a wider footprint down low and then i'll usually drive stakes uh treated stakes and all my post in the bottom and then you know you can buy those uh earth anchors um people buy those there's different ways i mean what we have done and you know we're just rednecks out here anchoring stuff so uh the ones that blew over were not anchored like what we do, but we've had them withstand a lot of storms. But we'll drive a T-post from, you can go to tractor fly by a green T-post, drive that dude down, and, I mean, it takes, it'll flip a tractor trying to pull one up, you know. So we'll, we'll ratchet strap that to a big eye bolt in the top, you know, and ratchet that blind straight to the ground. And usually those withstand, I mean, just about everything. I mean, we've had a lot of storms. Like, I mean, a lot, a lot of tornadoes come really close to just wiping out farms. And it's a, uh, it's amazing to see that some of the blinds make it, and then the ones that don't, you'd think would have, you know, we didn't have them anchored like that. So, uh, ever since we started doing the T-post, uh, you're pretty much guaranteed they're not going to blow over. Now. If we had one guy that kind of limp wristed it <laughs> and didn't drive his t-, t post in deep enough, and we did have one of those blow over uh, on those uh, storms this year actually, and it, bent, it just bent the T post and it just blew it to the side. So, but he had straight legs. So, I really feel like, you know, the flared legs and the T post together. And then we also drive in the stakes just like you would stake a a brace or something, you know, Um, but that, that, that in itself, and then the stairway, you know, it, it acts as a brace and if, you know, we'll we'll stake down our stairway too. So uh, all that kind of helps itself, but that's, that's the redneck way we do it. Uh, We don't, we don't, I don't normally go by the anchors and stuff, but I have clients that do.
0: So, yeah, and I've done the anchors as well, and I've had a bunch of different options. Actually, what I found worked well for me was I got a plethora of uh, concrete form stakes, and they're three-footers, and, you know, I punch them in the ground, and I zip them to my 4 by 4 brackets, and typically mm-hmm. I run skids, so all my all my box planes are on skids, so I can skid them around, and then I use those skids as levelers, you know, so I can tuck in, I try to start on level ground, right? That would be ideal. And if it's not level, I try to level it uh, with my bucket. And then, um, you know, from that, you know, Josh just recently worked on a client job and uh, you know, we talked about the different ways and he's got his own way and I got my own way and we're communicating and what's the best, but I like those skids to be a resource for me. If the ground's not completely level, I can, you know, put a shim underneath there and then, then apply my anchor, you know, somewhere around that where that, you know, those, the skid and the, the four by four legs kind of meet. And uh, that, that seemed to work well, but you know, my blinds aren't really over eight feet tall, at least to, to the bottom of the platform. That's about as high as I'm going to go with most of my blinds are, they're, they're relatively low in my area. So I think a lot of it depends on your elevation you know, I've seen people tie to trees. I think that's a bad idea. The tree kind of like weighs. I mean, I've seen all sorts of things that don't make sense. I also, you know, don't like, I don't know. It depends on, you know, you open up an area and you get with some wind throw. And I've had, you know, trees fall on box blinds. I don't know if you've had that happen, but I've had that happen with clients. And uh, it's pretty devastating to these polyethylene blinds. They they don't usually last, a, you know, a pretty, uh, you know, few thousand three thousand four thousand pound tree landing on 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 its hood basically so um you know it's thinking about some of the the overstory trees that are around your area and I also find you know people are putting you know these massive structures within woodlots, and you know you're susceptible to a lot of deadfall you know particularly ash trees in our area so just pay attention to the trees and the health of the trees where you're putting these blinds because I think that's a important thing to consider because they're not all going in fields, you know, and some people are putting them in, in wood areas or wooded areas, et cetera. So just something to consider. All right. Anything else from you, anything that's on your mind, anything else you're thinking about?
1: No, I mean uh, the only thing I could touch on real quick is that where we, when we try to level our blinds, we'll take about a foot up off the, off from the bottom of the four befores we'll wrap a a two before all the way around you know that are eight foot so that kind of sets our spread Hmm. and that keeps that keeps the the spread at eight foot but but the reason we go a foot off the ground is uh if 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 the terrain has less than a foot of of change then we just take a chainsaw and basically raise up and when it reads level measure how much it is and chainsaw it off the other one and drop it down and it all ends up being you know we run a saw so much i mean it's not a big deal to couple cuts and you drop your drop your blind two or three inches and then it's dead level so that's kind of how we and you can cut it you know pitched with the ground and it just sits on the ground perfect so yeah you know that's how we uh do a little quick leveling on ours
0: yeah you sound like you sound like my partner because that's exactly how he does it and you know we have our again everybody has their own thing but i think it is important to anchor your blind i think that's that's level ground, anchored blind, it's comfortable within the stand and you're gonna feel a little safer when you have that windstorm come through, or at least, you know, hopefully it sustains, you know, heavy winds. But, you know, again, tornadoes they're hard to they're hard to uh to combat when you when you're uh when you're setting these things up. So, you know, everyone's dealing with different weather conditions. All right, Rocky, that's good. I mean I'm happy we got to talk about a bunch of things today. I think, you know, we didn't get into all the setups, but I think we talked about, you know, the different options for folks and you know, just, just wondering, Rocky, what do you, what do you sell your box blinds for? I think people kind of want to know.
1: So the four by fives are more of like a two man. You can't, I mean, they're they're not as big as six by six, obviously. So those, I am selling them for a painted one. It's just like a flat, like a, the metal's just a one uniform color. And then I paint limbs or whatever on it. Uh, those are 1300 and for 1500 I do the camo metal and then I think it's like a mossy oak pattern or something a real tree um and then the six by six blinds are painted 1700 and the camo is 2000 and that's out the door that's me scent proofing them basically i rubberize any kind of wood with that uh flex seal paint anything that's on the exterior i flex seal it all and then i uh put gaskets on all the windows and door so it basically when you close that dude up it's pretty airtight i have thought about setting off a couple smoke bombs inside one in video and see if the smoke comes out. I mean, I know, I know it will be pretty airtight. So, well, um, I but think I, I think that's,
0: I, I think that would get you another couple million views if you do that.
1: Yeah. Well, I know pulling up a Amish wreck blind, it got me 2 million five or something. I don't know. Yeah. That thing's going crazy, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, that's how we roll right now. We put skids on them sometimes, you know, the same way, so people can pull them in the woods and I had, you know, clients that hired me to do that. so we just, we did like what you're talking about. We brought concrete uh, blocks, you know, and we just blocked it up, block under the skid until it was right. And then he's going to anchor it. So yeah, yeah. That's the way we do the skid ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we talked on another podcast, uh, Perry and I, and you know, Perry, and we talked on on that podcast about, you know, uh, different options for making your blinds more portable so if anybody hasn't listened to that go back and listen to that one what the juries use what i've used with clients you know basic running gear cutting things down i mean there's a lot of different options for people if you want some blinds portable like you only have one blind right and you want to move it from location yes. to location in the field you know put it on some running gears you know a, tra- a tra- old trailer you know with a couple stabilizers on it i mean there's a lot of options for you that are you know, make this thing a little more palatable i don't like these fixed stands. I'm not saying they're not good. I just want to kind of mirror the height of the stand to the related vegetation. And I think that's kind of an ideal scenario, but I, I like, you know, I do understand people want the easy walk up, you know, with the graded, you know, the graded steps and they want that, you know, nice handle and, you know, kind of last step before they get in the box. And those are, you know, you can create those out of wood as well you know, everyone, again, to each their own, what's more comfortable. If you got any elements, you know, it's hard for you to walk up certain stairs, steps, et cetera. You know, I think, you know, you just build it accordingly, but I think it's important to think about, you know, where we're putting these, how we're camouflaging them, you know, their location on, on, on the landscape and, and not creating too much intrusion. And, you know, for my areas, we're not just putting them out in the middle of fields. You, you can't get away with that stuff in our, our particular area. And and just the amount of scent that surrounds them, I think that's important. You know that you brought up earlier. So I think those are some added added topics beyond you know what brand to pick, etc. So, all right, man, I think that's a good podcast, and um, I can't wait to hear about this uh, big buck you're going to kill here in just a uh, just a few days. So uh, I think we'll probably check back within you after after you got blood on your hands. How's that sound?
1: that sounds good. Hopefully you didn't just jinx me. (laughs) (laughs) I know,
0: I know. All right, man. Thanks for taking the time with me tonight, and I will talk to you soon.
1: All right, man. God bless. See you.
0: All right, you too. See you, bud. Bye.
1: Maximize Your Hunt is a production of Whitetail Landscapes. For more information on how John Teeter and his team of experts can help you maximize your hunt, check out WhitetailLandscapes.com.